So you brought a lot of peyote? I brought so many cliff bars. My colon was like 405 at rush hour. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, hi and welcome to After the Hype. Me, your host, is always Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Chewy Darso. Hello. Jonathan Hardesty. Hey there. And Ryan James. Yes, sir. Our special guest today is Justin Thiele. Hello. Who has been asking to come on for a while, and then we even scheduled him once, and I completely forgot that I had scheduled him, and then just went ahead with the episode without calling. That's fine. It's <laughs> fine. It's all fine. You really asked to be on the podcast? <laughs> for years. Years? My life goal is to be lawyer one, whatever. Number two, <laughs> professional <laughs> podcast guest. Okay, awesome. So we're going to get started with a where have you been doing? Uh, I can go first. I've started Dark Souls 3. Nice. I'm um, so sorry, but in a good way. It's uh, it's a video game, right? It is a video game. Okay. Uh, it is the third or fourth installment, depending, or possibly fifth, depending how you count. Um, <laughs> Math. Yeah, whatever. It's the fifth of like the Souls series, if you will, but it's technically the third Dark Souls game. Whatever. It's really good uh, if you've enjoyed the Souls series. If you haven't, it's a uh, it's a little. It's kind of like a mix between Demon Souls and Bloodborne is the way that I would describe it. Uh, but seriously, it's beautiful. If you have a PS4 or an Xbox One, I highly recommend picking it up. Uh, and that's it for me. Uh, for my where have I been doing? I will talk about Good Night, Mommy. <laughs> Uh, this film that I had not known much about. I think I vaguely watched a trailer once. I made you watch a trailer. Yeah, and Brian was super excited about it. And I'm like, well, I do like horror a lot, especially like suspenseful horror. Uh, So I was all bored to watch this. And spoilers uh, to come in case you've never watched this. I didn't like it. I was very disappointed that I was able to figure out that, geez, you guys all see this. Do you care? Honestly, if we're spoiling it for you, we're doing you a favor. This movie blows ass. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, it's the there's a lot of people that didn't catch on to this and were riveted by the big reveal. And I I had the same feeling towards that that I had during Inception when people said it was complicated. Uh, what? <laughs> I knew in the first ten minutes. What is wrong with you? Uh, the only explanation. It was a dream. <laughs> like the whole thing is that this child is schizophrenic and sees his dead brother telling him things and they play together and he says, don't trust your mother. She's not our mom. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at it and be like, so if you can't catch on that this isn't a real child, then you're just assuming that this woman is completely okay with never acknowledging her second son ever, not even looking at him. Or, And I'm like, that would be like a world class. I mean, she's already a terrible mother because she doesn't take this kid to like therapy for her de- for his dead twin. Instead, she keeps him secluded in a house in the Austrian countryside. Like you're a fucked up mother to begin with, but you can't possibly be that bad. And then it turns into torture porn later. Yeah, it takes a real <laughs> takes a real left turn to Eli Roth town, and it's very it's just not good. It's not suspenseful. There, okay, there's fire at the end. I guess that's scary. I, I don't understand why this has such high reviews. Um, uh, but the one thing that I will say in defense of the movie is it has an excellent premise. If it, you read like the synopsis, it's all about uh, two kids whose mom comes home from getting plastic surgery and her face is all bandaged up and crazy. And they go, I don't think that's our mom. I'm like, oh, that's such a cool premise a, for a movie. I'm a cool so idea. into this. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, it's yeah. a great idea, but it has no payoff. Yeah. So, mm. And they have one scene that I just hated. It's like... 
from school of circa early 2000s of girl mysteriously walking in the woods and then suddenly you cut in front of her and her head's doing this weird vibrate thing in the forest. And I'm like... Like the flash like vibrates? Like the yeah. height is yeah. like that? Yeah. Well, like, um, but a little bit crazier. Awesome. Like House on Haunted Hill. Hill. Yes. Like that's the it. demon yeah, in the basement yeah. does it where it's just the head just bobbling all over the place. And I'm like, you're... Pulling I, that back out? I have a toy collection that does that. That would be cool. <laughs> Are you afraid of that toy collection? <laughs> no, they're cute. They're like oversized big head characters from all my favorite movies. <sighs> a few it's years just... ago, I went to the uh, Queen Mary haunted house down in Long Beach. And some of the spooky actors, <laughs> they were trying to do like the head, like frame rate, whatever thing. Mm-hmm. Just looked like they, they were just shaking their head all over the place. <laughs> That's they, how I felt. This job gives this me movie. a migraine. Yeah, this chick looked like she was going to throw up. <laughs> Uh, Justin, yeah. where have you been doing? Um, I have been rereading the Aubrey Maturin series of novels by Patrick O'Brien, better known as the Master and Commander series. Of oh, books. okay. Now I know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> there was a movie with Russell Crowe a few years ago. And Paul Bentley. Um, yeah, it's a 20-book series, which I read back in the day, and now I'm reading it again. Um, and it's very fun, set in the late 1800s, or early 1800s, Napoleonic Wars, um, following the adventures of two guys on a boat in the Royal Navy. As they go around the world, have adventures, shoot people, play classical music, <laughs> and occasionally fuck women in distant ports. Awesome. That's good. It's really good. <laughs> 20, books 20 books, you said? How long are the books? Like 10 pages? No, the first couple books are longer. They're probably like four to 500, and then they get shorter as they go on. But it's just all one long story. Like each book just picks up after the other. And how much of that was the movie? The movie's like an amalgam of three different books. Oh, okay. So it doesn't really fit. I've always thought it would make a great TV series. Like Game a of Thrones? A very mm. expensive TV series that only I would watch. <laughs> because it's mostly talking. And like tootling across the open sea. Fun. I mean, that's what people complain about Game of Thrones as well. That there's so much talking. Yeah, I suppose. In between Play. the naked ladies. What do mm. people watch TV for anymore? I don't Just naked ladies and explosions? Oh, yeah. definitely yeah. tootling. We have stars for that. Like tootling. I like, I like to watch my tootling. Aren't most, most scripts just talking? Isn't that the goal? Yeah, but apparently Some that's a lot of people. Okay, scripts aren't just talking, man. I mean, yeah, tell that to action. the artist. I watch TV in like another browser window when I'm doing other things. Yeah. So I only hear the talking, and then Game of Thrones does a very long action sequence. And then I, it's like, oh, I'm just listening to music. Which and is then, good. And Lots of good clanging. Music. Clang, and then, clang, clang, clang. Right. And then I go and I look at the window. I'm like, what just happened? Everyone's dead. And I don't know what happened. <laughs> or like watching a show like The Americans where they switch and then everyone's speaking Russian and you have to pay attention to the subtitles. Mm. So I have no idea what's going on with these two Russian characters and they only speak Russian because I'm not listening and I'm only looking at other things. So learn Russian. That's not a bad call. It's no. <laughs> so I was watching a TV show that was full of uh, great talking and no action punchy scenes. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> had its season uh, finale this week. Uh, yeah, it wasn't that good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to be surprise! <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, wasn't that good! But Ryan's actually enjoyed I, it. For, I, for him to say yeah. it, it's, that's a, that's a that big... That means it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely been other better season finales uh they killed a character that they've been like hyping on social media for several weeks now ah oh. agents of shield kills one of its own two. they killed nope two. Oh. just one uh i mean 
sort of it doesn't matter none of this matters you know <laughs> tell, me, tell me which one did they it's kill? the character that they brought on most recently so who oh cares? i don't even know that person no then. probably not oh, it was a red shirt is it batman uh it's a red shirt yeah no it's uh it's the love interest who they've been uh driving at for a long time uh so it it does have an effect on one of the characters who i also don't care about wait but is it mr lightning yeah she put on extra eyeliner to show how hurt she was by his really? by his passing so she could cry and it would run down her face or uh-huh. just so she could look real emo? no just so she could look real emo and then fly because uh, she can fly now what don't worry it, about it just keep moving yeah, don't yeah, worry just about keep it moving <laughs> don't worry about it uh but they teased actually at uh like they did last season they teased it what they're going to do next season and it might be kind of cool they uh they Gave a little Easter egg on a computer screen uh, referencing life model decoys. Ooh. And don't they finally name Quake Quake? Didn't that happen in this episode? Didn't I read about that? Uh, I thought they were calling uh, her Tremors. Yeah, that's one of those things that like they beat around it so <laughs> don't worry about that it. I don't even notice when they finally do. Oh, I thought they finally called her Quake. And I'm yeah, like, they, oh, that's kind of cool. Now I, she has a third name on the show. They did. I didn't know it was the first time. So she's ever, Daisy, oh. she's Sky, she's Tremors, and Quake. That's four, four names. They four. actually found a really clever way to mention all of her names in one sentence from uh, Brett Dalton. It's good. Cool. So those all sound like ice cream names. It would be. It's like, it's like I would Pokemon like it almost. for the show to actually at some point just reference Game of Thrones and for her at some point go, a girl has no name. Oh, <laughs> they do. I love the way that the Marvel is really uh, owning this, uh, being owned by the same company as Star Wars. They do have a really fun Star Wars reference in the, the episode. You don't need to own Star Wars to do that. I think it helps. It, you might. It's a little <laughs> bit more fun when you do own it. Yeah. It's like, look at all my toys. Yeah. My toys are better than your toys. And then we're like, can <laughs> we yeah. say Monopoly? Yeah. They're like, they really love drive that home <laughs> in all of their properties now. Like, oh, we're going to sing a Disney song. We're going to make yeah. a Star Wars reference. You know. Why not? Hakuna they Matata, Quake. <laughs> I can't wait for them to get Billy D. Williams. Ooh. That would be a good Star Wars. For show. S.H.I.E.L.D.? For anything. Yeah, really. I'd actually watch him do anything. Yeah. I enjoy his... He could sell me beer. Yeah, I enjoy his beer commercials. I'll never drink it. John, where have you been doing? Uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I participated in the Overwatch beta, which Ooh. apparently 9 million Everyone's people... Everyone's really excited about that yeah, game. Yeah, so apparently 9 million people participated in that. It's essentially a hybrid between first-person shooter and MOBA. And in true Blizzard fashion, they take something like that and they basically make the controls really well yeah mm-hmm. i tried heroes of the storm never gonna play it again but their controls were fun hearthstone controls were fun like they, they had this way to take an idea and just make it fun to play even if it's not your type of thing mm-hmm. and they they're really good at that and i had a lot of fun when i played it i probably won't buy it i think i, was, I was kept getting confused with battleborn and then i realized that they're com- two completely separate games oh yeah like, yeah battleborn's out, out now and for someone who's not very good at first person shooters they're so stressful. They are, they are very <laughs> stressful. And for one that has a social element where you have to like strategize, and mm. I don't like talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's weird that I'm on here talking to people, but I don't like doing that in my games. I like no. to kind of a solitary experience, kind of multiplayer at an arm's length is my mm. personal preference. So like Dark Souls. Yeah. 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 Coordination is or, the best. <laughs> or basically MMOs where I don't talk to anybody and I refuse all you know group requests. Right. That's, that's me. So single player games? Or you just like the the warm comfort of knowing that someone else is around you if you yeah. wanted to reach out. I like to them. being able to like Dark Souls. Yeah, I like being <laughs> able to refuse to group with people. Like ah, I like I like I like having sense. them there so that I can refuse them. And maybe one day I'll be social. You'd be great at League of Legends. Just I, I know that this is a five-on-five team game, and we're supposed to be going for the same objective, but I'm going to sit over here and hack at the wall. Yep. <laughs> that sounds like a wonderful thing to me. But it was really fun. Cool. I will never play it for <laughs> for the sake of my marriage and my writing failure of a career, but still attempting. 
When it goes on sale, I'll show it to you. It's only a failure yeah, if you stop true. trying. That's true. You fail mm. when you die. God, I've been listening to uh, Welcome to Nightville, and there's a quote in there that's fantastic. Death is only the end if you assume you're the main character. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to listen to that podcast. It's phenomenal. It's amazing. That's yeah. one of those ones that I'm not going to be able to listen to, like in the background i'm gonna sit down and stare at a speaker while i listen to that show it is i've been listening to the past week i'm already 20 some episodes in it's one of the greatest things that's ever happened to podcast radio i would yeah. say awesome. if you're going to do this podcast whole just sit radio. down and listen you should internet radio what are you my grandmother sit down <laughs> in the bathroom with the lights off with no like windows or anything so it's completely dark and you're a slightly cold environment and so then say listen bloody to Mary my usual bathroom mo yeah. yeah that would add I some shame ambience poop. <laughs> That sounds horrible. You don't have to poop while you're doing it. You can just sit there. <laughs> just improve the situation. Is that the tagline? I still take my pants off, though? <laughs> I mean, it's up to you. You're at I'm, home. Why are your pants on? More, you'll be even more vulnerable without your pants. Uh, okay, so let's get started on our battle today. It's <laughs> <laughs> a perfect transition. <laughs> uh, okay, so for people who are not paying attention at the end of the episode or did not pay attention to the name of the episode that downloaded today is our summer blockbuster movie, Battle. Uh, so that is really any movie that is considered a summer blockbuster, which, again, if for those of you who don't know, is really it's uh, what studios consider like their tentpole moneymaker of the summer. So Universal, back in the day, released the movie that I'll be talking about, Jaws, which kind of set this thing in motion where all of these movies at the table kind of fall into it. Now, some of them, one in particular that I can think of, I don't think was meant to be the summer blockbuster, but it ended up working out. Um, looking at you, Chewy. Uh, hmm. But really quick, we might not be wrong. And there's one that was intended to be a summer blockbuster and didn't work out. Did not work out at all. Looking at you, Justin. It, um, it, <laughs> it worked out a little bit. Very, very little I have bit. the numbers. There's a lot of shade here. Yeah. I was uh, uh, telling Chris what we were doing today, and he pointed out, uh, or maybe it was Ben, that we have one from uh, each decade. Holy or shit. We have two from the 80s, but we have each decade covered. We do. That is awesome. Yeah. Well done, we, us. Wow. We planned that. Yes, we awesome. did. Yep. Uh, okay, so we're going to run the table really quick and name what we have, and then we'll get started. Uh, I have Jaws. Twister. Uh, I did the last action hero. <laughs> I did the From obvious. 1993. Oh. <laughs> Are you done? I'm done. I kind of feel like I should have just said I, we got cows. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Uh, I have the obvious winner, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I had Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. I'm so glad that you clarified, because when I was watching I'm like, if he picked a different one and I'm watching this movie again, I'm going to be really annoyed that I have to now go watch one of the horrible sequels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were we supposed to watch all these movies? S- you don't have to. I we only do. watched mine. That's to be totally fair, fine for the guests. <laughs> the pirate sequels, I would say, are still better than the Matrix sequels. I think they're the exact same movies. Mm. I can make. We could do an entire episode how the pirate sequels are the exact same as the Matrix sequels. <laughs> it, is there another pirate pod audience, if you listen yeah. to this yeah. and want that, that discussion, you want that episode, let us know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hit us yeah. up on Facebook if you want that let us know because i will totally do that episode because they're the same movie (laughs) yeah Um, what matrix sequels and pirate sequels are the same movie yeah i see where you're coming from Mm, they are totally hit the same story beats listen oh my god i'll tell you on the way listen one has pirates (laughs) nope both have pirates. other has both have pirates androids or something (laughs) the other one has ghosts yeah should we go in order all right i guess chronological order yeah let's go in chronological order Okay, so mine comes from 1975, and it is Jaws, as I just said a second ago. 
Um, so I, I will make the bold claim right at the beginning of the table that I'm sure most of you will disagree with, but that's fine because you're wrong. Uh, mine is not only the best summer blockbuster movie at the table, but it is the best movie. Uh, it is the only one on the table that was nominated for Best Picture, I believe. Um, it won multiple Academy Awards. It has some of the best backstory. It has not the most quotable because of Ryan, but it would have been the most quotable. Uh, it, it, it's just... When I look at like the summer blockbuster movies, I like to think of like the ones that have like the lasting appeal. And I think we did a pretty good job around the table of having that lasting appeal. But there's something about Jaws for me that always is just like that summer movie. Like this is the movie that ruins summer for people. Like that is such an awesome like claim to fame. My aunt Sandy, if she listens to this one, hi Sandy, uh, she was so terrified of this movie that she couldn't take a bath. Like she just couldn't go near any sort of water. And she still to this day does not like going to the ocean. She doesn't like any of it all because of one movie with a big robot shark in it. And there's something that's just so adventurous and awesome and so well done about this movie that it impacted the fuck out of people. And it's really what gave us Spielberg. Yes, he did one before this, but this is really what like kind of cemented Spielberg, who really owns the summer. Like He makes the summer movie. Like Even when he does movies like later in the year, they're still event movies, but when he does a summer blockbuster, it's like, fuck, I need to see that. Like We're all going to go see BFG, even though it looks meh. But yes, we're going to see BFG. Yeah, I know. I just said we're going to, even though it looks meh. Um, but into this movie, I'm so I'm gonna cry. Just so you know, I'm gonna be in that movie. I'm gonna be crying. I'm I'm gonna cry at how cartoony everybody looks. I'm getting real. I'm getting a real stickler on my special effects I really these days. Love I don't BFG. know why. Anyhow, so the things that I I really really love in this movie is I for me it comes down to the characters, and that's like you have this huge shark that's just eating the fuck out of people. And that's really what most people would think you want to see in this movie. You just want to go see the carnage. And there is carnage. There's a severed leg. They eat a kid off a raft. Uh, that poor girl in the beginning who just wanted to have sex in the ocean just got mutilated where all that's left of her is a bucket of bits, which I think is really cool. Um, but when it comes down to it is like the characters in this story are just so fucking great. Uh, the main character uh, played by Roy Scheider Schreider, um, Captain Brody, for me is one of my favorite characters in really any summer film or really almost any movie. I, just, I love that this guy who he's afraid of water. He lives on an island. Um, Jesus. <laughs> like, How did he get there? Was he born there? No, he is not an islander. You have to be born on the island to be considered an islander. Oh, but yeah, they, they have they that conversation in that. the movie. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, no, he's from New York. He was a cop in New York, and he hated it. Because yeah. everything he did in New York, there's like there, you can't make a difference here. But in this town, you can make a difference. And he's very happy to be there and actually be doing things. And you really feel like you get to know the character over the course of this movie. Where he really just wants to save people. He wants to shut down the beaches to catch a shark. And the town itself becomes kind of its own character while this is going on. And they become the most frustrating character ever. No, we're a summer town and we need the beaches f to be a summer town. And it's fantastic as he keeps going up against them, like, no, 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 shut down the beaches, and like, we won't make the money if we shut down the beaches. Which is kind of dumb, because they're on a fucking island, so the people are there, they'll still spend money whether or not they can go swimming. You'll be fine. Mm. And mm. you're not going to make money if all your visitors are dead. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, come to our beach and, you know, avoid the shark. Just don't swim away from the shark. I guess maybe if you <laughs> could turn Classic it horror. into gambling somehow, you win a prize if you come out alive. There's some people that'd be into that. That should have been the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Like many of the movies at the table yeah, today, yeah. we don't talk about the sequels. Yeah. Or I guess just really... 
No, you can talk about Ryan's sequels. Uh, well, yeah. Just not one of them. One of them will never be mentioned again. We're getting another one. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that one either. Back to my movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other character that I think is just... I really like Richard Dreyfuss as Hooper, but there's really not a lot to say about him. He's really kind of like, I like that Spielberg is smart enough to use parts of the book that will really flesh out the characters. Like Hooper is not just the smart guy who knows things about sharks. He's the smart guy who comes from a very rich family who uh, was attacked by a shark when he was a child and then becomes totally invested in sharks and spends all of his family's money, all of his money on researching sharks. So it's like... Everybody has their own backstory, but for me, the the real, the best character in this movie is Quint. Like, Quint is such an amazing character of a guy who's just a crazy dude who owns a boat who wants to go f- kill sharks. And that's all you get from him in the beginning. And then in what is arguably the best scene in the movie, when they have their drinking game, and they're all, like, they're showing each other scars. Like, this happened to me because of this, and this happened to me because of that. And uh, Roy Schreider points out one on his arm. He's like, where'd you get that one? And then he, just, the room just like, the mood in the room just dies. And he goes through this whole story about how he's in the Indianapolis and their ship got hit by a missile and then they're all in the water. And as they're in the water, they get attacked by a fuckload of sharks. And they're basically, all of their friends were just dying around them the whole time. They said that they, they're dying like six men per minute while they're in the water. And it's just like, holy fuck. And he's one of like the very few people who survived it. And he even talks about like how he saw one of his friends. He's like, oh, one of my friends made it and then found out he'd been bitten in half. And it's just like this really horrifying story that completely explains why he's so eccentric, why he's a crazy person, why he loves killing sharks. And I just I love that this movie has all of these moments in there. Um, and then moving on just from the movie itself, the other thing that I think will definitely win my movie over everybody else's here is the editing alone. The editing in this movie is arguably some of the best ever. And it strictly comes out of necessity, and I think that's awesome. So they had shot the movie, for those of you who don't know, with the big robot shark that barely worked. Uh, I believe its name was Bruce. Um, and it was a it was a masterwork of like robotics and being underwater and working most of the time and the problem was that it didn't really work and when it didn't work it looked like a big robot shark and it's kind of comical and you can see those moments every now and then like when it comes up behind somebody's foot it's clearly just like open its mouth and just push it at the person and it'll look scary and it does kind of but it's still from the 70s but from the 70s the special effects really fucking hold up um but the problem was when they sat down in the editing room with the editor uh, Spielberg really wanted to show the shark as much as possible because that's what the movie's about and the editor went yeah, this movie sucks. Like, we can't have this. And basically recut the movie to get the shark out of it for most of the movie. And now we're left with this, like, you never see it. It's scarier because you can't see it. Like, your imagination makes it worse than it is. But then they do such a great thing. And when you finally see it, it's like, nope, my imagination was right. That shark is horrifying. (laughs) And they did such a great job building that suspense that you're just like, holy shit. And then they won an Academy Award for it. It's like, wow. Go you. Well done. Uh, it's always better to leave a room for the imagination. Mm. Yeah, because it's just smart. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie also brings in my favorite uh, Spielberg quote of all time. Uh, <laughs> when they're out on the ocean, they were doing a shot, and then they had to go reset the shark, and it's taking a lot of time. And the DP goes up to Spielberg and goes, hey, uh, just so you know, this is going to be a problem. Uh, while we've been resetting the shark, the clouds have moved. Um, so now when we do the next sh- shot the sky is going to look different and Spielberg looked at his DP and was like uh, if they're looking at the clouds we lost them oh my god that that <laughs> quote is 
so often requoted on film sets to just cover we up hate it. any mistake. Like, yeah. I hate it. Oh, can yeah. we can we like change that actor's wearing a blue coat and he's wearing a black coat in the last scene? Nah, if he's paying attention to the quote, we haven't done our job. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you are using this as an excuse that it's okay to make your mistakes. Thanks. All right. Okay. So now, you don't care about my now, job. I can agree with what you guys are saying because it's being used wrong. There. No, it totally is. But it was a great quote. It is. When Spielberg said it, it made sense because you should not yeah. be looking at the sky when the movie's about the monster in the water. And I'm like, shut up, AD. I'm going to take the time to take this thing out of here because fuck you. This is my job. Yeah, but you couldn't wrangle the clouds. No matter how good you are. That's what you think. <laughs> Challenge accepted, right? I've, right? T- I've told many a PA to go up there and wrangle those birds because their continuity is all over the place. And they and always, the PA just stare at you, just like they oh, laugh. Fuck they you! Always, they laugh a little. They laugh until you get out the gun, and they're like, "Oh, really? You're serious? Be careful! One go of them will listen birds. to you and do that. That's how that's how accidents happen on set." Yeah. Oh, uh, random tidbit about PA thing. No, I'm, I'm stopping you there because I only got a minute left. I'm not going to go down your PA rabbit hole. Uh, so the last thing I'm going to talk about with my movie is the quotes, because the quotes of this movie are phenomenal. You have the obvious of you're going to need a bigger boat, uh, where Brody is just terrified that the size of the shark won't fit in the boat. And when you see the shark, he's fucking right. That thing will sink the boat just by being on it. That shark is huge. Um, a quote in this movie named Brian Singer's production company of mm-hmm. Bad Hat Harry. Mm. When Harry comes up to Roy Schreider on the beach and makes fun of him for not getting in the water, he's like, "Ah, you're afraid to get in the water. We know what you're like." And Roy Schreider just looks at him and goes, "That's a bad hat, Harry." <laughs> <laughs> it's like the best "fuck you" in the world. Um, That's some bad hat, Harry. <laughs> Uh, I love that when before he blows up the shark, he yells, "Smile, you son of a bitch!" <laughs> like that's just like there's just things in here that are just so badass. Um, I think I, we got to give some credit to Spielberg because there are some there are some movies that have some really badass lines that just don't I'm become quotable. Yeah, you know what I mean, no, absolutely, because like this script, it had these lines in here that could have been cheesy and then they weren't and yeah. it's just like a doll's my eyes. movie too character, yeah. oh, character. Spielberg I'll catch is your fish fucking... for you <laughs> I used to be able to do intros. the whole speech but I can't really? <laughs> yeah in the voice too character intros in this were pretty fantastic as well just with the boat captain the crazy dude oh the nails on the chalkboard nails on the chalkboard yeah. that's been referenced from I don't even know how many times in movies yep. people have referenced that and it, is phenomenal. Yeah, it's Spielberg. Spielberg is the he's the best. Like there's reasons why even when he makes movies that are Meh, you kind of go, well he's still fucking Spielberg. Yeah. Um but that's it for me. I'm out of time. So who's next chronologically? Is I that, am is next. It Ryan? Yeah. Sorry, did you have some more to say to me? I thought we were doing table, not chronological. No, no, no. no. Oh, we're doing yeah, chronological. Yeah. So I have Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh this movie I picked because it was like this next to Star Wars was probably the definition of my childhood and my love for movies and action movies and summer blockbusters and why I still go see crappy movies like Ninja Turtles. <laughs> or Kingdom of Crystal Skull. Uh, I saw Kingdom of Crystal Skull and it was fine. It was, fine. It was not fine. <laughs> mm. That's a discussion for yeah. another day. <laughs> it, it's fine in the way that like milk that's teetering on Listen. the edge is fine. That's It, it was in focus. It's fine. <laughs> Sometimes. In the it sense was. that it was in focus and it had, the dialogue. it had Indiana Jones in it. And he he phoned it in via hardline. He didn't get on fucking sh- sh- shoddy Wi-Fi <laughs> Skype call to phone in Star Wars: Force Awakens. <laughs> he was a younger man. I can't uh, argue with that. Much younger. 
so I think uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was like f- the the culmination of all these perfect summer blockbuster uh, forces, including uh, Steven Spielberg coming off of Jaws and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I would say this was his last uh, movie that was before he like took the deep dive into family friendly ET Goonies territory. He did some fun ones after that, but uh, this was like still he was like a little gritty. Um, also, Harrison Ford, who had been in American Graffiti and Star Wars and uh, written by George Lucas, uh, and he didn't have to make up all the different alien names so he could actually write some good dialogue. Uh, Nazis. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Aside from Jaws, has the most definable, like, easily definable as a villain villain probably in all of history. I mean, you, there's no possible way that anybody could ever side with the Nazis. Mm. <laughs> you know they built all those highways very efficient highways we got they, a lot of did. good si- oh but fashion we didn't see no. that in he- this movie all they wanted to do was dig up the ark and rule the world yeah um alfred molina got his like uh acting career from this as the uh the guy in the beginning oh i, I mean I just love the beginning sequence so much probably the best opening sequence of any movie you have indiana jones going into this temple um, like digging up this this pile of dirt, you have no reason or you have no uh, idea why yet. He like sees the thing he's after, the little monkey brain, the l- monkey skull, uh, and he like dumps some dirt out, makes the switch so he doesn't activate the trap, and then that iconic moment. I actually posted it to our Instagram last night. I where saw he, it. he turns around and the thing starts sinking into the ground, and he looks back like, oh, shit, and they start running, and that awesome uh, giant ball, you know, chases after them. There's a big actor who's with him. Who is it? Alfred Molina. Al- that's right. That's Where Alfred. you been? <laughs> uh, my own world. Yeah. <laughs> Swimming with sharks. One thing your movie does, too, which I really, I've forgotten really appreciate is how it sets up everything, character beats, character moments that are going to happen in the future. It sets them up early, but pays them off really oh, well. absolutely. And they make sense. It is... My favorite use of setup and payoff in terms of like character beats. I mean, one of my favorites is the uh, the opening sequence with Marion, where she's drinking at the bar and she yep. like drinks that guy under the table, and then it comes back around later when she has to drink with the the villain. It's one of the earliest movies I can think of where the main it, action movies where the main character is not indif- invincible. He sort of seems to stumble through. He sort of seems to make things up as he goes along, like in that scene at the beginning. He's uh-huh. supposed to just be a teacher who happens to get in these situations. Well, I was actually going to bring that up. So he is humble, uh, like professor. Uh, professor, Dr. Jones. Mild-mannered. Yeah. And he like kind Elbow of... Patches. I couldn't decide what his take was as a teacher. Like he has the girl hitting on him, but also he's a big doofus. So I I don't know if he's supposed to be a cool teacher or not. He's attractive. That's that, really all it takes. That could just be pure male fantasy. Yeah. Of no, like, this whole so movie is oh. pretty much male fantasy. All over me. Well, <laughs> even within the male fantasies, the main woman is a very strong female character. She's not just a damsel in distress, even though they do put her in the white dress and stuff at the end. Oh, no. She's she, still fighting the whole time. Absolutely. She was a great example of someone who really didn't need saving, except in a, you know to actually untie her hands, and then she's good. Yeah. But um, and then, yeah, he he, you know, takes off his his um, suit and he, he puts on his vest and he like goes and all of a sudden he's really good at things like eyeballing the weight of a piece of treasure or like hooking a whip on things and swinging from it, which I think Mythbusters declared is actually physically impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, throwing a really mean right hook. How did he learn that as a school teacher? Uh, Growing up on the streets, playing stickball. Fighting over who gets tenor? 
Yeah. Ten. How do you say that word? Tenure. 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 Tenor? He's a he's a music Tenure. teacher. Oh. He's a wonderful singer. Uh, but he, you know, he does. He's like kind of a great example of an um, unwilling hero. He. Uh, I he, think he's willing. He's totally willing. He yeah, uh, goes out of his way to he's, just find he's treasure. He's excited to he's be a hero. No, they're excited to get rich. Digging up treasures. He doesn't want to be a hero by he like. Belongs in a museum. He doesn't like avoid shooting people or blowing people up. He kills most of the people he comes in contact with in this movie. He he like he's just after the girl and the treasure mostly. So like I mean hero in the Indiana sense of Jones, Captain criminal. America, <laughs> <laughs> totally a criminal. International totally plays criminal. the line and totally like finds his way out of it after getting into the biggest mess possible, which is one of my he's favorite the character world. types. I mean, or he is, is he but perpetuating? The Nazis also, were going to use that to make everyone else get liquefied. Why can't the artifacts stay where they are? This but is pure like, Western colonialism. Indiana we Jones, have to take them back. I'm pretty sure Indiana Jones has just no them. interest in sacrificing himself at the end of any movie to save the day. Like he would find a way to save his skin before that. Mm. And his and uh, he's very similar to Han Solo in that sense. He's kind of a selfish. But I think they actually, I mean, okay. Spielberg did an amazing job at getting the performances out of him that uh, I don't think George Lucas ever did for Star Wars. So that's the one thing Nor that... Abrams, for that matter. Right. Oh, on that not. note, it is funny because I was recently talking to a friend about uh, Jurassic World and how on the first viewing, we all thought Chris Pratt was dashing. And then on the second viewing, you realize that, no, he's just a controlling dickbag. Well, yeah, and, and we didn't think that's dashing at first viewing. That's, yeah. I'm sorry. But, so, but then you, <laughs> you rewatch Indiana Jones, and somehow it, you're, he's balanced between being dashing and then being a dickbag. Like, there's, you, he's of. still dashing think, at the end of the day. There's definitely a balance there. Like, he, he nails the thing where he's still the hero. Right, right. Like, you don't ever go, maybe I don't like him. Like, you kind of get that with the other characters. With Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, you don't ever get that from Indiana Jones. He's still the I, good guy. I think and you I, get that I, from Star-Lord in yeah. when he's in yes, yeah. and that's yeah. an Galaxy. Example. Oh, absolutely. That's just bad writing. But that's yeah. it. Also, yeah. ba- bad writing and also bad direction because right. Steven Spielberg was able to make sure that he pulled this off with yeah. Indiana Jones yeah. and the guy who did Colin Trevorrow. Jurassic but, World but Trevorrow's just not Spielberg. Spielberg yeah. is Spielberg. It's, I mean, yeah, Spielberg <laughs> is is dr- like the directing goalposts yeah. for yeah, what he, you aim for as a, as a director. And He is the bar. Like, it's no coincidence that two of our movies at the table <laughs> have him attached, uh, if not more, somehow. I actually was trying to look it up. I couldn't find anything. Uh, on top of that, you have uh, John Williams doing the score. I mean, this, to me, is better than Star Wars as well. And that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Did he win an Academy Award for that one? Uh, let me go right into that. It's, I got it right here on my phone. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark was nominated for nine Academy Awards. Um, it won for Best Art Direction, Film Editing, Sound, and Visual Effects. So not score. Oh, he won for uh, Jaws. Uh, oh, well, well. Dig, dig. <laughs> uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, was far and away the top grossing film of the year and is still in the top 25 of all time adjusted for inflation Mm. Uh, it also uh, has three more movies TV shows video games comic books action figures Uh? sharks (laughs) (laughs) they do make those reaction action figures (laughs) the aquariums uh, have a lot of memorabilia from the ocean is filled with my action figures (laughs) (laughs) and I I just mean I mean uh, incredibly quotable Uh, snakes why did it have to be snakes you know uh uh, we're gonna need a bigger boat. That was from Indiana Jones. That was really good. Uh, to be or not to be, not to be. That's my favorite line of the table. Still, <laughs> we're gonna need a bigger boat. Nope. To be or not to be, not to be. That's from mine. I think. I know it is. <laughs> I'm trying to steal it. Rang a bell. I like the. So I like many the, quotes I think. from my movie. Though. I'm out. Yeah, of like. 
Uh, We're going in. <laughs> well, I'll talk about all this in a moment. Uh, I mean, we'll I, get to that, but I, I love that line dearly in that movie. <laughs> uh, I love the sound design of Indiana Jones. I'm so glad it won. Um, the way they made every single punch, every gunshot larger than life. If you watch the scene where he's in Mar- Marion's bar for the first time, uh, the bad guys have like machine guns and they sound like BB guns, and his his little dinky revolver sounds like a ship cannon. It's amazing. <laughs> His, his gun is horrifying. <laughs> it's not at all if you just look at it. But no, but when you hear it, it's yeah. like, holy God, it's going to take your face off. Yeah. Uh, oh, why didn't anybody do face off? We all failed. That would have been a good one. That probably didn't come out during the summer. Did 30 it? seconds. I also have good sequels. I don't know. That's that's all I got. Temple of Doom, is. I like it maybe a little better in spite of all of its problems, but it's just so much fun. Yeah, but I mean, none of your sequels got the ultimate tagline of, this time it's personal. <laughs> Jaws 4. <laughs> Wait, you, the Revenge. You had four movies? Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Crap. How was the fourth one? Not that best. It's uh, it, it might be considered crap or horrible. Um, <laughs> Did it have a crystal skull in it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, three good sequels and a bad one. The Crystal Shark Returns. <laughs> yeah, Crystal Shark Returns. It's a crossover. Uh, so next would be... It is Last Action Hero. Mine's from 1993. That's the 90s. It is. Um, last but, Action Hero. Uh, your, your timer is starting now. Um, so you know. I'm not really sure why I chose this one. I think <laughs> I... You Googled something. I Googled list of summer movies or something. And then I saw the name and I remember seeing it back in like 93 or 94. And I think I thought it was a different movie than it is. <laughs> because it's certainly not like a diehard big action movie. I mean, it, it certainly has action elements in it, but it's that's not what it was going for. And it isn't directed by the same guy who did Die Hard? He directed a couple of the Die Hards. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not the original one. He did. I'll just, I'll just. I'm shuffling my papers. I mean, <laughs> uh, he directed Die Hard. <laughs> and Predator. and The Hunt for Red October. And, he's a good director. He and Die Hard with a Vengeance. And then something called Basic in 2003, and he's never worked again. Yeah, Basic wasn't the best. I have a friend who really liked it. He'd be mad at me for saying that. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, Katie. It sucked. The director was John McTiernan. John McTiernan. Um, but what I actually found more interesting is that it, one of the screenplay credits is Shane Black, oh, who nice. also wrote and directed yeah. The Nice Guys, which I watched, I watched the first two-thirds of Last Action Hero, and then I went to go see The Nice Guys. And then I watched the final third of Last Action Hero this morning. That's a weird way to watch it. <laughs> and I'm like, these movies have a lot in common. And I didn't even realize that it was the same person. And now they're all blending together in my head. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Because they both... Then Ryan Gosling showed up. They both have very similar elements. They both take place in Los Angeles. And there's a lot of shooting and screaming and like funny action sequences. Although, ironically, neither one of them take place at Christmas. That's not ironic. Well, no, that's it's just really a, not. That's just no. a true fact. They don't take place. <laughs> <laughs> they also don't take place in March. <laughs> Shane Black loves Christmas, is what I'm saying. Um, so, like you said, Dang. it definitely wasn't a blockbuster success. Like what I'm looking at says, the budget was 70 million, and it only made 50 in the U.S. Um, 120 worldwide, though, because yeah, no international people. Love Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. one of those people because you don't have to understand what he's saying. They didn't. <laughs> if they had known, they would have known that he was making fun of himself the entire movie. Right. Which is amazing. Yes. I thought that was actually pretty funny. I thought it was funny. I well, thought it was a funny movie. And being written by <laughs> Shane Black, who, who like that. Okay. So Shane Black writes 
uh, a movie where within the movie, there's a movie about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and his uh, chief of police uh, who yells at him all the time. And that's like exactly a character that Shane Black writes in all of his movies. Right. Yeah. It's it. What it is, if we haven't explained it, is it's a satire where it takes place in the real world where there's this kid who loves movies to the exclusion of all else. And his favorite movies are the Jack Slater movies in which Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Jack Slater, who's like an L.A. cop who plays by his own rules (laughs) and (laughs) solves violent problems with violence and always comes out the hero at the end. It's sort of like a diehard type movie. It's kind of diehard and Mel Gibson from... uh Lethal? Lethal yeah, thank you. Lethal Weapon, but without Danny Glover. And then um, the main character kid, Danny, gets a magic ticket from his projectionist friend, which allows him to enter the movie world. And he's in the Jack Slater movies, and he hangs around with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Jack Slater. Projectionists it, get that. like They have that skill. That's a special magic right. ability they have. He got and that in, from Houdini. And in the nice guys, there's a projectionist character, too, who's also crucial. Amazing. Yeah. Isn't this? <laughs> That's, it all just wraps around. I really am looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> um... And then he goes in the movie. They have adventures for like all of Act Two, and then the characters from the movie end up going into the real world. And the movie gets real boring. Well, it doesn't really resolve very well. <laughs> Let's just say that. Kind of like Cool World. And so, <laughs> the Jack Slater movie within a movie is all. It's like all the action movie tropes at that time at 1993, like mm-hmm. turned up to 11. There's everything explodes. <laughs> Everybody shoots everybody and then everybody's fine. Every single turn of the head is punctuated by a very stupid line. Yep. Like, to be or not to be, not to be. Um, that was my introduction to Shakespeare and Hamlet. That's what I thought the line always was. And it's got, like, you know, Tom Noonan plays the villain in the Jack Slater movies. And, like, there's this opening scene where it's the scene within the movie and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger as Jack Slater confronts the villain. And it's just like, it's so over the top where the villain has his kid um, as a hostage and he's like, what are you going to do? You can't shoot him. You can't come after me. So he throws a grenade at him. It's just so over the top. <laughs> and I love it. Like it's it was so, so, like it hit every single element of action movies that is ridiculous and turns them up and makes it a cartoon but it's live action. Like a cartoon cat? There's a cartoon cat in the Jack Slater <laughs> world voiced by Danny DeVito. Because when the kid Danny goes into the movie world, he like goes to the LAPD headquarters and like it's just crazy. There's like robot cops and like sexy latex clad women motorcycle <laughs> cops and all the yeah. women are dressed in bikinis. And Danny's like, where are the normal women? Every woman in this movie world is ridiculous. And then Arnold's like, well, this is just LA. <laughs> Which uh, I believe he says, it's California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes so much sense. Um, part of, that's part of what I liked about it, too, is that it's a very Los Angeles movie. As in, like, it takes place in Los Angeles and all the locations feel real. There's, like, Malibu and there's the Hollywood Hills and there's Echo Park. La Brea Tar Pits. The La Brea, Well, they make geographic accuracy in movies. <laughs> it's very important to me. And there's a scene in Long Beach on the roof of this Long Beach hotel, which I don't even know if it, that exists because it was crazy looking. And then they like they're at the La Brea Tar Pits a minute later. They're not next to each other. I believe no. they jump off the building and land in the La Brea Tar Pits. Well, they Pits. ride a helicopter. Oh, that's right. That's or like, but like it's a minute later. The one movie that got LA right was uh, Collateral, where it's like it takes a half an hour to get everywhere. Mm, that's true. <laughs> um, but I love all the Easter eggs in this movie too. 
like the uh, there are a lot of cameos. MC T1000, yeah, the T1000, um, and then the the Stallone Terminator poster. Right, the kids the like poster. I'm going to prove to you that this is a movie, and so they go to Blockbuster, which is funny enough. Yeah, and then <laughs> um, he's like, "Look, it's Terminator, but it's Sylvester Stallone yeah. instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger." And then he's referencing like, "You're Arnold Schwarzenegger." In other movies, you said shit like, "I'll be back," and. <laughs> Etc. Um, <laughs> which I, I thought was I would funny. like to see Schwarzenegger try to say etc. Because <laughs> it's Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Jack Slater. Every character in the movie was like that. Yeah, that's it's true. Amazing. Although Arnold, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger also plays Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're and next to each himself. other and they tackle each other. Um, and that that and, leads to my favorite line in the whole movie. Which is what? The... Uh, after he's like, you know, I don't even really like you. You've brought me nothing but pain. Right. I wrote that down. I'm like, is that a poignant moment? Question mark. Is this movie trying to say something? I ultimately decided that this movie's not saying anything. It's just a gimmick. It is. It's the- a fun gimmick and it's fun, but it's not making any sort of comment on what we like in entertainment and why we like violence so much in action movies and why we set up these villains and we're so drawn to them. I mean, really it's just like this kid, Danny's like, Ooh, he's got no father. And he like really likes to escape the world because nothing can, nothing good can happen in 1993, New York or whatever. So he gets robbed right at the beginning of the movie. Right. That sucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot that like, part. Bust yeah. into his house. And yeah. Oh yeah. I wrote that down. To the Home toilet. invasion is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like the guy just busts into him and then chains him to a pipe. And then it, there's problems. There's problems with like story points because he's just all of a sudden not no longer chained to this pipe. Like everything how, worked out. Yeah. Everything worked out, but that was supposed to be the real world. Well, this is yeah. like the nicest criminal in the world. He's like, here kid, put these on however loose you want. I'm going to talk to you for a minute about your about stealing your stuff, and I'm going to let you go because you ain't got a good VCR. And I'm <laughs> See you gonna, later, kid. And I'm going to give you a chance to stab me in the back. Yeah, yeah. all We're, criminals. Really, the that. worst criminal ever. Right. You know? Not like Charles Dance, who you didn't even talk about. Charles Dance is the main villain. He has a uh, no eye in one of his eye sockets, and it's a glass eye instead. Mm-hmm. That was My the best way to describe it. Gimmicks. As a kid, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. It was gross. I was grossed out because he like he takes it out and like breathes on it and like licks it or like rubs it against his shirt. Maybe I do like that we have two movies on the table with, with fake eyes. Yeah, um, yeah, he was a pretty good bad guy. Um, he can shoot really well and he's British. And then he's got a huge gun. <laughs> he's got you a know. really big gun, like a cartoony gun. Yeah. Um, and again, like, another great quote from that guy. Hello, I just shot a man, and I'd like to confess. <laughs> Shut right. up down there. Because that's <laughs> that happens in the moment when he, the bad guy realizes, like, oh, I can go from the movie into the real world. And then he discovers, like, oh, when you shoot somebody on the street in 1993, New York City, nobody gives a shit. Really. <laughs> I really don't think Shane Black or I already forgot the director's name again, John McTarran, uh, I don't think they really like New York. No. They really I, paint it as a horrifying place. Yeah, I at, at the beginning, I thought it took place in L.A. because it's they, they use downtown L.A. Broadway to stand in for New York City. So I'm like, oh, L.A., you know, late, early 90s L.A. was like certainly at the nadir of its urban right. decay. I mean, that was during the riots and such, right? Mm-hmm. And, but New York was also kind of a shithole at that point. It was starting to turn around, but it was not great. Ten seconds left. Um, and there was a cartoon cat voiced by Danny DeVito. <laughs> And Ian McKellen was the Grim Reaper. No, it was Patrick Stewart, wasn't it? <laughs> I wrote that down. That's the joke. <laughs> I'll just read some of my other notes. Um, Schwarzenegger has cheekbones for days. Um, who is this movie for? 
Does that rooftop pool even exist? It was for eight-year-old Ryan James. Right. That's for sure. Mercury Sable Wagon, perfect reality check vehicle. <laughs> because that's the car he commandeers when he gets back to the real world. Yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. I think this movie suffered in the box office because it was kind of a movie about making movies and it, general audiences usually don't like that. Yeah, it's usually yeah. Not. It wasn't enough of a satire and it wasn't enough of an action, straight action movie. Even though I like the action sequences because it was a lot of practical effects with cars crashing into each other, which I always like. Oh my God. Yeah, it's awesome. What was the... <laughs> That sequence where uh, he uh, dives out of the car and just explodes for no reason. There's a lot of it. Cars explode for no reason yeah. all the time. No. My final thought is just that this reminds me that Arnold Schwarzenegger was, he was the guy. Like, he could do it. He could pull it off. Um, I And I there's a joke in there where he, like, when he's at the premiere, he plugs Planet Hollywood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he can pull that one off. Uh, poor I, Planet Hollywood. Well... I remember going to the opening of the Planet Hollywood in Minnesota at the Mall of America, yeah. and he was there. And also to the premiere of Jingle All the Way, which was filmed in Minnesota, and he was there. <laughs> Not a good two things. And now he, sho- <laughs> now he shows up at my gym maybe once or twice a month. Aren't you at his gym? He doesn't own it. <laughs> he's just the gym where he got his start. But he shows up, and he's like, in, he bikes there from Santa Monica, and he's in all his workout clothes. And all he does is throw his towel on the machine that I want to use, and then chats with everybody there and never works out. <laughs> and he looks like a refrigerator now. <laughs> I think it's time for Twister. Fine. Mm. Are you ready? Are yes. you excited? Oh, my God. I'm talking about this Get wonderful wipe. movie. All right, here we go. Ten minutes for Twister. All right, my film came out. You sound too much like a tornado. You sound like a lion. Isn't this movie a ride? (laughs) (laughs) I think I've been on it. It did inspire a theme park. Did any of you? Well, no. Not a whole theme park. Yours came out of a theme park. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also Ryan's. But... And your oh my gosh! Except for your movie, Justin, you my didn't get a theme park. Itself a ride. <laughs> All of our movies ride? have rides non-stop. after them. Okay, Jaws doesn't have a ride. It just has a shark that pops up on the Universal it, Tour. No, <laughs> it's a different in the Florida one. It's its own ride. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You Florida's get to, not a real place. You get though. to ride the shark, and I'm if sorry, you can make Florida. friends with the shark, you win. <laughs> <laughs> and if you right. don't, you lose. <laughs> All right, this is eating into my time. It is. Continue. All right, 1996. A young Chewy Darso goes to see a movie called Twister. And for a brief moment in her youth, it makes her want to be a meteorologist because it makes me think that this is what meteorologists do. It's not. No, they sit. They, they mostly sit. Uh, but yeah, I was totally like on board with this film. I loved every second of it the first time I watched it. I still love every second of it watching it now at the age of 32. I don't have the urge to become a meteorologist anymore but i'll still admit if there's a storm and someone says there's a tornado outside i'm gonna want to go look at that tornado i'm not gonna want to go in the basement you're going in the basement do you remember what the <laughs> but tornado i want to see it is? too bad but i want to see it how did this movie have the opposite effect of jaws like people were afraid <laughs> of their bathtub after yep. seeing jaws and people died because of twister <laughs> <laughs> i because, it, it actually gave me a fear because long twisters. as you avoid the suck zone you'll be okay and sometimes the cone will be silent <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> Sucks. Just so you know, right, out of all of our, f- this movie is so quotable. Like almost every line oh, is a totally. quote in this movie. Did they make this into a board game too? I feel I like don't I have the remember. board game Twister. I think um, it's the. Oh wait, Twister. That's a different thing. <laughs> Never mind. Some some other little facts. All right. So this movie had a budget of ninety two million. So in ninety two in ninety six really in ninety six that is a lot of money. That's still a lot of money today. That's so a lot of tornado was, lions. 
Th- this was definitely a tentpole. Like, they definitely wanted to make money off this movie. But $92 million in your budget. And they made it back. Uh, Sony would say this was a disappointment. But uh, their box office was $494.4 million. So they did good. Mm. They did pretty well. Uh, people went, ha- went home happy. It starred Bill Paxton with Helen Hunt and had one of the most impressive ensemble casts of the time. You have Helen Hunt, you have Bill Paxton, Carrie Elwes, Jamie Gertz, Philip Seymour Hoffman in one of his most lovable roles ever. Uh, food. <laughs> food. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Alan Ruck. And then Joey Slotnick. Who's Alan Ruck? Yeah. <laughs> If you don't mean Paul Rudd. The guy from <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pedophile? <And laughs> the no. woman who played everyone's grandma, Louise Smith. Hmm. Like, she still does it today and she looks the same. It, but just like the cast in this movie had such charisma, all of them wrapped up together. They were a family unit. None of them were related together except for Aunt May. Uh, but Aunt May was also like the weird like mother to this entire crew. Everyone wanted to go see her, not just because of her slaughtering her own cows, but because they loved her. And that becomes a big plot point at the movie when the twister goes to get her. I'll get on that. <laughs> but just strictly on ensemble cast, like I know all these movies have big casts and everything, but there's something l- such so lovable about these people together and how they interact and how they solve problems and all of their witty one-liners the whole time. And just like, I would hang out with these people. I would totally go into dangerous situations with these people because they have so much plot armor on them that you can get sucked up inside of a tornado and you'll come out fine and you'll have so many readings and you don't even know what to process and you have to start a lab. Okay. (laughs) Now... You're not talking about the Dorothy, which I think is the major thing you have to talk about with your movie, because that's... Dorothy is their child. Dorothy is their child that needs to go to therapy because of their separation, but then they get together, so it's okay. It is the dumbest thing in the whole movie. No. (laughs) No, it is. Okay, because you need to... Dorothy's here. Do you want to see Dorothy? Oh my God, she's here? Dorothy is a trash can that has a bunch of little sensors (laughs) in it that need to get sucked up by a tornado for them to make readings. I remember this part. Dorothy now, wait, has wait. some of the best product got, placement ever to like exist balls. in cinema. I, I don't, oh, great. Pepsi will help your twister fly. Yes, but no, it will. So, so <laughs> the question is, so why do they have to fly directly out of the Dorothy for it to work? Because they land on the ground. They're all around. The tornado still sucks Honey, them up, but for some reason, those no. sensors don't work anymore because they didn't leave Are out of the Dorothy box. Are you worried about actual, thing ever. The actuality of how something will work in this film? Because yes. you're watching the wrong movie. It's weather. It's educational. <laughs> it's uh, educational. Uh, uh, in this movie, tornadoes are sentient. They sound like lions mixed with boars, and they are coming for your family. But they're not going to do that much damage. Well, gonna- no, they'll do damage to everything except for the vehicle you're in. It will toss tractors and cows and houses at you, but you're going to still stay planted on the ground. You're you're good. You weigh enough. You're going to stay right there. Yeah, just hug that beam. You'll be fine. <laughs> well, or no, tie yourself to a pole with a leather belt. That's when you find belt. a Prada belt, all right? You know, product placement for Prada as well. That belt will not break. 
just make sure you also have a really good pipe. Uh, <laughs> this pipe must go down like 50 feet. We're going to be fine. <laughs> Indiana Jones's whip was made by Prada, though. That's how that works. I, this movie is so much fun. Like, it's total, like, throw out your brain. Just get into this movie. You're going to have so much fun. And it will affect your life for the rest of, of, of your life. Because, like, today, I still make sure that I have full coverage because I never want to get stuck with liability only. <laughs> That's actually it, very good advice. <laughs> <laughs> what this movie does well is it heightens everything like you said to 11 and that's kind of why it's okay to watch why it's fun to watch is because the actors are to 11 the tornadoes are to 22 like <laughs> they're hamming it up but they don't they never go over the the bar they stay where you will have fun with it they never become like schluck do you, <laughs> do you think this is the classic punch-up movie where some executive writes on a napkin tornado movie question mark and then hires <laughs> a series of punch-up screenwriters to punch it up every what single if the, what draft? if the uh Yes. A f- level five tornado <laughs> wants to F5. kill Helen Hutt's family. F5. F5. Yeah, they started with, how do we make a board um, a movie of the board game right. twister? Board game twister. <laughs> we bought this property. Let's also change it so it's something about completely different. So someone <laughs> someone just flips the, the spin dial and just watches it go around a few times. It's like, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... This could be the original adaptation. The, late, oh, the yeah. late 90s was kind of a golden era for disaster films. And this is one of the big hallmarks of that. Yeah, like absolutely. It stands yeah. out. It has I'm not really relevance, but it just has such lasting appeal that when you are with your friends or your family and there's a big storm going on outside, you want to watch this movie. I mean, historically, there was one time while we were living in Chicago where there was such bad weather, there was actually tornado sirens going off. And Brad and I, who were living together at the time, did not hear the tornado sirens because we were playing the movie Twister so loud <laughs> we could not hear the sirens That's outside. Amazing. <laughs> That's ironic. <laughs> that is the definition of irony. Amazing. Irony. If a tornado had gone over the, your apartment and left you in the on the couch with just the TV in front of you, and you're just like, "What happened?" Newspaper headline: Idiots die <laughs> watching movie about weather that kills them. This, if only they had a lead refrigerator. To hide. <laughs> you have one minute left. Oh, okay. Uh, to go to go on like actual like things that are not just cl- like funny about this film. The sound design also was phenomenal. It is funny that they made these tornadoes into animals, but. The, the artistry around. that went into them was fantastic. Yeah. And the the like whenever they had machines in there, the little sounds for that were amazing. The acting was amazing. Everyone knew what their role was and they they stuck to it and all the relationships were believable. And the character arc for Helen Hunt's character is actually fantastic because she's dealing with real issues. It's silly because it all has to do with sentient tornadoes, <laughs> but like she's relatable. You can f- you can feel what she's feeling and you can believe it and you want her to have resolution. And I'm always going to love this movie and I think it believes deserves to win. There. <laughs> we should get a crossover where uh, the tornadoes become Nazis <laughs> and then you have no reason to relate with them. <laughs> well, I'm thinking a crossover between um, Final Destination, this movie, and uh, Thanos in Marvel. Where, oh, there we go. Where th- basically death rides a tornado and Thanos chases after him. Yeah. Or you should just review all the rides that are associated with I'm going to call the asylum right now. I got one for you. Death rides a tornado. Uh, yeah. Sadly... My movie and choose movies. Let's not have done a crossover make it the because asylum. it won't be good. Can we get nineteen late nineties uh, Roland Emmerich back? Can we get that? No, apparently. Please. 
Um, I will say that the one thing that you didn't mention in your movie that I think needs to be said is that, ironically, I'm going to throw that out there inaccurately again, uh, the special effects hold up. Oh, yeah. They still look, the tornadoes still look awesome, ironically. Um, I'm just going to annoy the shit out of Justin. When when you you finally finally see that that F5, you're just like, whoa, damn. Whoa, that would be destroying everything around it, and all it does is kind of batter on Uh, it. Horizontal rain. Like, seriously, you can quote this movie forever. (laughs) Cow. Another Uh, cow. That's the same cow. cow. (laughs) No, she did not marry you for your penis. (sighs) Well, she did that as well. (laughs) All right, last but most certainly not least comes the out-of-left-field theme park ride made into a movie. Oh, man, let's just start by saying I did not expect anything to be like this in the movie. When I went to it, I was like, a movie based off of a ride. I did become obsessed with this movie. Is this the first one? It's a tough one not to be obsessed with. John, take it away. Okay, so... I'm, I made a lot of inconsistent notes, so bear with me. Uh, I was watching this and was really into it. Uh, Kira Knightley's hot. Yes. That, uh, <laughs> first and foremost. Uh, the relationship between her and Norrington in the very beginning, creepers. Um, the set and art direction here are amazing, and I feel like they are the best amongst our group of movies. They're the most fun to the time period, just interesting. It's so interesting. I loved looking at the frame, the characters in the frame, the costuming. Great stuff. Um a hilarious intro to the main character, which I consider Jack Sparrow. The like him riding into port on a sinking boat is great. Love uh, that. I would say he's not the main character, and it's to the movie's benefit that he's yeah. not the main character. Because when they made on Stranger Tides and he was the main character, it suddenly you go, Wow, he should not be the main character. He gets the best scenes. So Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and by that I consider that main, but Yes, I yeah. see what you're saying, it's but like I would the, still say since he's not the crux of the story, it yeah. makes it better. It's like the Beetlejuice syndrome. Yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, I love that movie. So it's phenomenal. since we it's adapted from an actual ride, it's weird that the movie actually does feel like a ride the whole way through. It, it's great. I love seeing adaptations that take the original source material into consideration in more kind of meta ways. Like mm-hmm. with Birdman, you've got uh, you know they they really focus the Broadway aspect, the technicality, the the feel, the rhythm of that. Here it feels like a ride. Everything feels like ups and downs, like like you're on a roller coaster. They made a world that, I mean, out of everybody's movies here, the world I most want to live in, which is saying something with Last Action here on the table, but like <laughs> like the idea of living in that world just looks like a blast. Oh, can, so can much fun. Can we have better hygiene, though? I'll take. I'll live in this world, <laughs> but I want to make sure I can still take showers no. on the reg. Being a no. pirate is not cool. Look, yeah. <laughs> okay, you can't have like, you can't be a pirate and... Have a cool, comfortable life. Well, and and to what Brian was saying, I the just movie... want to avoid all the <laughs> gross things that can happen. Also, with... as soon as you get caught, you get hanged. Yeah, that's that, they yeah. do show that. Yeah, or you just get branded. He only got branded. Yeah, mm, that's not historically accurate. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm movie, reading a book about boats, guys. The movie feels big to what you were saying, Brian. Yeah, and I really like that the world feels vast and the mythical elements that they bring in, the curses, the magic, and all that fits and it feels really cool like this is my whole review of this is going to be capital letters c-o-o-l yeah and maybe k-e-w-l cool (laughs) (laughs) well they did what they they did really well with this that they you like to do in westerns where Mm -hmm. they they bring it in at the tail end of the time frame yeah so you don't see a lot of westerns at the height of cowboys and indians like that sort of thing you usually see it at the end when like it's no longer cool to be the cowboy and that's what makes them cool Mm -hmm. they totally use that in this movie where it's no longer cool to be a pirate and that's what makes jack sparrow fucking awesome Oh, yeah, definitely. And comedic choreography is kind of one of the things I just wrote to myself while watching this. This thing is choreographed to the nines for just comedic value. And 
it works still. Mm-hmm. Like you think, you, know, you see it the first time, like, oh, this is funny stuff. And no, it holds up. And I think that's a testament to Gore Verbinski as a director. He's got kind of yeah. an eye for the physical comedy as it relates to film. And I think that's why this one holds up so well. Absolutely. And even the sequels, when they're in the, I think it's the second one, where they're fighting in that giant spinny wheel. Like the only really good part out of all the sequels. That is exciting. And there's there's still humor to it. They have like the physical comedy that you'll see in like Raiders of the Lost Ark with mm-hmm. him pulling the gun out on the guy or the snakes or, you know, him hanging on to the front of the grill and be like, what? It's it's in this movie. This is yeah. a, lot, a lot of this movie is that. And um, I think of all the movies, the table, I mean, uh, Johnny Depp is probably the, the best example of someone really letting themselves go for the character. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, Bruce the shark. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> He really commits. <laughs> he, um, he got lazy and stayed in his trailer, I heard. <laughs> and the dialogue here is funny. And I, I know that, you know, Ru- the Rus- you know, Ruscio, the writers, they kind of go off the rails for the other ones. But the, the writing here is pretty solid and very funny. Uh, one line that stands out to me uh, where the guys in the prison are like, you know, rumors, like, there's no survivors. And he's like, no survivors. Uh, then where do the stories come from? Where do the stories come from? And they yeah. just take a moment. And... I, there's that throughout the whole thing and I have one line here that just says Captain Barbosa because Jack Sparrow steals the movie but he has to earn it against Jeffrey Rush which is true of almost any movie with Jeffrey oh, Rush yeah. and when they're on like when they're on on screen together and they're fighting that's exciting and you know that they're both invincible yeah. and you know, no one's gonna win right now but man that's exciting to watch because those are just so forceful personalities fighting together this is one of those movies that I like unexpected like i went with a friend of mine just because we were bored and we heard like a eh, pirates movie whatever but it's disney it's not going to be any good mm. and we walked out just going holy shit like there's just so much in that that i just love it's mostly like what really drew a lot of us in is what you're talking about now is just the, like, the quotability of it it's just like so much fun oh yeah and the size of it like it felt yeah. like a big like classic hollywood majestic thing that we Honestly, even at that time, don't get often, get even less now. It's yep. a four quadrant movie, <laughs> as they say. No, but it's it's Disney at its classic where it hits every single possible element for every single possible audience member. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. I particularly like the comic relief, like goofy crew people mm-hmm. with like that wasn't this a movie where they're like parlay and then yeah. she's parlay, like I love those and lines. She's like, what? What? People pa- pa- just pa- kept pa- saying pa- parlay. Parsnip, parsnip, parlay, 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 parlay. Oh. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, they instantly turn around and then they don't kill her. <laughs> it's yeah, just the threat of murder is very funny. And, and this yeah. movie gave us Zoe Saldana. It did. Mm. When she appeared, I was like, for one holy crap, she's in the whole movie. Is she? Yeah. yeah, she's she's the woman in the crew. No, Chewie means her career is only having one moment. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I and guess then, I just don't remember. Yeah, she's there. She's in the she's, whole thing. Yeah, and uh, big props to the skeleton effect, which yeah. again holds up and has one of the greatest moments where he's like, "Let's take a walk," and I'm like, you know, when I first saw, I was like, "What do they mean?" Like, like Jack Sparrow. And then when they take a walk, man, that is amazing. Oh, it's awesome. They are it gives dead. me chills. They don't need to breathe. And it's just like those moments. It kind of hits all the checks on like a pirate movie, a ghost pirate movie, a ghost ship, a magic. Like yeah. it hits all those with a giant red check mark. <laughs> And the, the great thing about that, if you ever watch like, any of the making of features, like in the script, apparently it just says skeletons. So apparently like when Gore Verbinski read the script, he's like, we got to make this look way cooler than just skeletons because we're not making, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the movie now. Um, oh. Casper. Nope. <laughs> but also definitely not making Casper. I think it's <laughs> definitely the, not Casper. Uh, Jason and the yes, Argonauts. Just, yeah, yeah. No, that's it. 
Those were goofy. They were goofy. Ghost ship? Those were claymation. Well, and they were great, but they're also very much skeletons. Whereas he he wanted to make pirate skeletons, and they look fucking great. And the best thing about them is they still look like their human counterparts. And it's just that effect that they had where they go between the moonlight and like they just had a great effects team. So the mm-hmm. part of that always stuck out for me the most that they were able to sell that is when Carrie first sees them as skeletons and then he comes out and starts laughing at her like we can't eat, we can't do this, yeah. we can't do that. And then he guzzles some wine yeah. and you just see it dribble through his throat, yeah. through his you chest, best. out through his pelvis. You best start believing in like, ghost stories. Whoa. You're in one. You're in one. And so fucking great. fantastic. And even just her, her being tossed around the ship, like very much a ride. Like they, see, that's where like, I don't like that part. I don't like why the fuck are they throwing her up in the air? Like what are they doing with that sheet to begin with? Um, like what the fuck is going on here? I think was, that's very much the, the ride element. I think that's like... I, yeah, it it pulls into that because they pop up in front of you like really quick. They pop away, you're tossed around, and like it feels very much like a ride. And, and it I was think... a great move- moment for the score of the film, where the music was really featured oh, during man. that entire sequence. The score is amazing. I was what... in my workout mix for a while. Yeah. I could then see I was that. Afraid of what people would think of me. <laughs> <laughs> They'd probably respect you. Mad no. mad props because I listened to that soundtrack over and over again when that movie came out. It was who, amazing. Do you it remember was who almost did it? a character uh, in Klaus, its own right. Klaus Bedelt. Yeah. Klaus Bedelt. Klaus. Klaus, I didn't pay attention to that. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do know that your movie is the one. Uh, I'm not sure that not this the one on the table, but it was it was nominated for a lot and won nothing, which is yep. very upsetting. It is. Well, very it upsetting. wasn't even nominated for costumes, which I think is the biggest. My movie didn't nominate any Oscars, but it re- won a Razzie. <laughs> <laughs> the best sounding tornado. And it's interesting that for its for the way it plays with myths and curse and magic, they go to great lengths to slowly kind of undercut a lot of that too, especially with Jack Sparrow and his, his the mythos around him. Like he's building this up and then like that story about the sea turtles, he roped them yeah. and it was just a merchant passing by. Like yeah. they have enough sense to kind of undercut that in a fun way to where like, okay, it, it actually kind of grounds it in a weird way that these larger than life people are just people. Yeah. And I really like that about that and under like yeah, it's so great. The uh, two bumbling guards at the beginning that, that he convinces to steal the ship, like that is funny. Their conversation is funny, and that's what I. That's the type of thing I like. And I like as an ending how the movie ends, where it's like the game is afoot. They kind of end on like mutual respect. Ah, you won this one. Okay, cool. You got a head start, and it felt in that Disney way, just kind of complete. And it ends well enough where you go. There's no sequels. We don't have to think about the sequels. They yeah. didn't happen. But like you don't see that. Usually, the, the the antagonist loses in a big way, and like is sh- forever shamed or dies or something. Where it's like, okay, you won this one, but I have a whole army. Yeah. Like one day you're going to be hung, and yeah. that's it. Yep. It'll happen. Yeah. But then it doesn't, and he no. rides a carriage through London. And it's <sighs> real dumb. Oh man. <laughs> real dumb. What's your emotions towards on, the on part sequels? four? Well, really, part two is. Okay, three is garbage, and oh, then four man. makes three look like an Academy Award worthy masterpiece of a film. Hmm. Four is insulting to all of my senses and my well, very soul. Well, there's a fifth one coming out, and we will see it. <gasps> Hooray! <laughs> hey, I'm going to go see that fifth Indiana Jones, y'all. Yeah, we're Doesn't still matter. I'm more excited money. for that. Fuck, I'm more excited for Ghostbusters than I am Pirates 5. Uh, and just real quick, I looked at the producers for my movie. Uh, you, you, did, you, had, you had a you had a little spiel in there. Yeah, an executive produced Steven Spielberg, 
And yeah. Kathleen Kennedy actually yep. was a producer on my movie too. There were moments yeah. that felt like that. I could see it. I think it makes sense. So we need to vote, 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 vote. Cannot vote for your own. I don't think I told Justin that. What are we voting on? Let's go. So what do you best? think wins? I, uh, I would, and I always no, ask just to try the to. the best. No. Just the win? Nope. Just the <laughs> best argument. The Who? best argument. You oh. need to try to vote on argument. I wasn't aware that I was making an argument. You Well, you did. You brought a legal pad. I've got a legal pad. <laughs> doodling all over it. Oh, it's, uh, it looks like real legal writings. Mm-hmm. I can't read it. Uh, that's so, why you know it's real. So again, uh, in case you were not paying attention to the beginning of the episode, my movie was Jaws, and then we had Raiders of the Lost Ark. Last action hero. <laughs> Twister. That's <laughs> a look. Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Cool. Uh, <laughs> you sound so excited about your movie. Well, I know who just lost my vote. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm voting, again, solely based on argument, which I think is important, uh, it was not the movie that I was planning on voting for when I walked in today, and I never thought I'd ever vote for this walking out of here, but I got to go with Twister. Wow. Um, and I think solely based on Nepotism. the lasting impact. No, I've never actually voted for anything she's brought to the table before. <laughs> not that I'm doing that just because I owe her one. Uh, no, I honestly think it's just based on the lasting impact and just how much it, joy it brought to Chewie's life back in the day and how it's just still kind of like... For what is kind of a eh, ho-hum movie, it's still like that summer blockbuster fun that when you saw it, when it came out, it left an impact, and I thought her argument really sold that. That's fair. I didn't see mine in the theater, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to go with Jaws. You, Brian, I think you brought a lot of really solid points, and it was already in the running for my uh, top contender. Although, i got to say, I, I enjoyed Last Action Hero far more than I thought I would on a rewatch. It does. It surprisingly holds up, but it, it is up, Shane Black. So. It holds it's, up better after like another twenty years of bad action movies. I it's think. I, I actually all think it's still the same. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's better now that's than if I mean. you'd seen it then. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the reviews are all very negative. I, but yeah. it's not the it's not a pile of garbage like they make it seem to be. Not at all. It's not not even it's, the third act is lacking. Whatever, but yeah. it's fine. Um, I would vote for Indiana Jones only because in the argument you reminded me about. Um, the three-dimensionality of the main character, Mm -hmm. which I think is the most interesting part of that movie and makes it the most venerable movie that's still on TV all the time. I go based on that. Yeah, I mean... Whatever movie's still on TV all the time. (laughs) I think uh, Indiana Jones and Marion were both really great characters. I have to go with Indiana Jones as well. Yes. Uh, Because it is one of the movies that I would always be willing to rewatch. And yes, it always had an insane amount of impact on us. Like, however wonderful Jaws was, and you did a great job talking about it, just <laughs> on, like, a level of impact for, like, culture, Indiana Jones wins. Jaws works for film. And I know it does make a lot of people afraid of the water, but, like, just for the longer scope of impact, I think Indiana Jones has it. Your opinion is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, based off of Ryan's argument, I'm going to go with uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark as well. The character arc, I mean, it is, his character is three-dimensional in a way that knocks a lot of ours out of the water. Mm-hmm. I'm going to argue with John immediately and say he's not going based off argument, seeing that he put on Facebook last night that he was going to vote for Raiders. <laughs> Uh-oh. Calling him out. <laughs> he's accused. There's no I'm, impartial I'm, on I'm, this. Jacques. Jacques. <laughs> 
I was willing to be Collusion. persuaded, and let's just uh, say I wasn't. I didn't, yeah, I didn't sure. do. <laughs> he was holding. He was reserving his vote for seeing my argument. I didn't do bad enough to sway yeah. him away from <laughs> right. the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Is what he's saying. Not like the Ninja Turtles one. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a list. Do you remember? Do you remember? <laughs> okay, so that's it. We have our winner, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I would venture to say if anyone thought this would turn out any other way, I'd be surprised. Um, now that the episode is over, I can honestly say, I mean, it's probably the best movie I'm at happy the table. I got one it is, it's fucking phenomenal, and it is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to cinema. Uh, if we were still talking about the argument, well, no, Jaws still wins, but no, it's clearly, if I couldn't have picked, jo- if I could have picked Raiders, I would have. But the very first thing that came out of this is, can I claim Raiders? And it's like, <laughs> well, sure, I guess I'll take Jaws then. I'll take, I'll take the easy one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you're gonna take the one I want. I guess I'll go for this other one. One of these days, I'm gonna bring like a difficult movie to a battle. One of these days, you'll pull an Anthony Howard and just pull something that's like, well, oh, I hate this movie. Yeah, my, my dinner with Andre. Yeah, <laughs> for summer blockbusters. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, Batman so... versus Superman. <laughs> that would have been a tough one. That'll be mine, and I'll defend the shit out of it. It'll be great. Uh, okay, so next week we have a very special episode coming up. Uh, it'll be a crossover episode with our friends over at the Front Row Movie Review Podcast from Springfield, Illinois, and we are doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, in Ooh. celebration of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Out of the Shadows, I Out believe of the it shadows, is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of that really horrible <laughs> subtitle, although the movie does look really great. It looks mm. so much fun. They just it, cast uh, Brad Garrett to like do all of the Krang stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm still on board for this yep. movie. I know I shouldn't be. I should probably lower my expectations. I know the first one was a dumpster fire, but it was a fun dumpster fire. Yeah, sure. And, this and the movie, second one's going to be even better. It's and this more fire. The next one also has... <laughs> The quote of, oh, I'm a little piggy. <laughs> I'm sold on that one line. <laughs> uh, and then after that, if you want to go over to the Front Row Movie Reviews, you will be able to hear us. I believe it's me and John, but we're still kind of figuring out based on time schedule. We will be doing the first Teenage Mutant Turtles movie on their podcast. So you can go check them out on Facebook. Uh, I believe their actual website is launching here soon. Uh, and then plugs, plugs, plugs. You can follow us on facebook.com slash after the hype on Twitter at ATH underscore podcast. Uh, and that's the same for Snapchat and Instagram, correct? Uh, without the underscore. Without the underscore, which is mm-hmm. ATH podcast. Uh, and you can follow me at why Brian Y and Chewy. You can follow me at Chewy nine on Instagram, Twitter, and yeah, uh, that's just basically my general handle and it's Chewy with an I E and it's all one word. And other than that, uh, watch Drunk History and support my career. Woo! Justin, where can we find you online? Um, I've been blowing up on Instagram lately, guys. I just got it. Um, <laughs> apparently, it's a thing and everyone uses it, and I have been killing it. Sweet. Uh, you do take good vistas. Oh, my God. I'm saying. I'm going to follow you right now. Uh, my handle is at M-R-C-O-O-L. That's Mr. Cool? 1122. I've been since, using that since high I've school. had it since The Last Action Hero came out. <laughs> At AOL.com. Still exists. Email me if you want. <laughs> I don't check it. The only people who email me there are my family. Ryan, where can we find you? Nice. I, I was just following... Um, Justin on Instagram and I just followed all you guys at the same time because <laughs> I wasn't before. Never you can find Someone me at Audio us. Adventures, all one word. Okay. And John? Movie Guy John on most internet services. Cool. Uh, and then for our final goodbye question of the day, now this is going to be kind of a cheat because a lot of us do have sequels. So name the fictional sequel to your summer blockbuster. I will go first with Jaws 2 colon Le Don de la Mer. 
which is also the name of it in French, which is the teeth of the sea, which I just love. <laughs> Twister. All twisted up. <laughs> Last action hip replacement. Medicare gap coverage. <laughs> Indiana Jones. Raiders of Isis. Okay. Topical. Modernized. Topical. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Deep dive. Okay. All right. So thank you again so much for everybody for listening. We love you. Please listen and share our podcast. And vote Trump. Oh, God. Why? <laughs> no. That's, that's a joke. Make America great again, guys. Bye. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and fish I think if I had one wish But she's been gone since that summer Since that summer